0: On radio on radio More of the good stuff to Good
1: afternoon on this Thursday, and it does mean that it is time for another edition of between two films
2: with the uh, <laughs> Mabali Muloi. Good
1: afternoon, Aspasia. How are you doing? I'm
2: fine, and you? I'm very well, thank you. Um, I'm glad
1: that it is almost summertime. It feels like it's summertime, basically, because it's just so hot in the afternoons. Sometimes it's a little bit chilly in the mornings, but it gets nice and hot in the afternoon, so we get to play around a lot more
2: with our wardrobe. <laughs> I got told at the nail bar today that I disturbed the entire sort of weather pattern because I didn't go to the nail bar last Thursday, and they blamed me for the wind. Directly, They said, it's your fault. You don't come when you're meant to, and the wind picks up. So I was like, well, it's good to know that I have this um, intense ability. Well, who knew that you... (laughs) Thermatological. Who knew you possessed that kind of power? (sighs) But um,
1: I'm very excited this afternoon to have joining us over the next half an hour or so.
2: Um, Most marvelous
1: Oh my goodness And unique <laughs> <laughs> With his signature look Dressed in all black With his perfect hair and shades We've got David Cliley joining us as afternoon <laughs>
2: You do have perfect yeah. hair, though. Yeah, you do. How do you get that hair?
3: <laughs> once a week in a salon. Is that how you roll? It is very important.
2: You see, it's like the nail bar. Yeah. Do they also, do the weather, does the weather change if you don't manifest at changes. the salon? everything changes. If the
3: hair is bad, everything just changes. <laughs> so it's got to be like once a week. Spot on. Spot on, yes.
1: Now, between the two of you, you guys get to, to hang out with a lot of... Very important, high-profile people in the most exclusive of circles, because you've
2: both. I think that's what happens with David. I, I don't
3: know what you're talking about.
1: Okay? I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> talking about being being fortunate enough to attend a fashion week event, any type of fashion week event—Paris, New York, um, all of them. The, the, these the, these are the kind of events that both of you have been exposed to. From my understanding. I don't know
3: what you're I don't attend Fashion Week.
2: No, 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 no. You do not you, attend. He, he doesn't attend.
1: <laughs> you he presents. D- you
2: do not attend. <laughs> he presents at Fashion Week, and that's why we've got him right here to <laughs> tell us all about New York Fashion Week, which... Um, but three weeks ago. Yes. Yeah,
3: three weeks ago. Oh,
2: was I jealous when I saw all those people tweeting about how they were sitting have up there. front and center? Well, I mean, I need to understand how to get a ticket. You, know? uh, you sit on the
3: <laughs> laptop and book the ticket and fly see, and get to New York. You, you know? That's how I we get there. I need to be
2: invited. Ah! God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing. <laughs> if
1: she if she is truly your friend, David, then she needs to get an invite from
3: you. No, she'll get an invite anytime, but she needs to book the ticket. No, no. I come think, come who, who was
2: it that got the invite? And I was so bitter. I was like, hmm.
3: Nobody got the was invite. Was that
2: Mini Dlamini sitting front and center?
3: No, she was not invited by me. She, she, she came. She came because she wanted to support in the In her break. private jet.
2: Discussed this private jet before.
3: I'm, I'm not. Are you I'm sure? Not, I'm she, not aware do, of it. Do we
2: know what she came in?
3: I don't know how she arrived. In
2: fact, just last week I heard about this new service that Uber is launching. Yeah. Which is helicopter service people
3: oh yeah there is one in new york it's amazing Okay. Uh, no, how does
2: well, it now it's going to happen in cape town over the season they said S- yeah it is it? it is it is beautiful you summon a helicopter right. in the same way you summon an uber, a- an uber.
3: yeah it's amazing Oh. i okay. suppose
2: it needs a place to land though This is my question
3: yeah but i'm sure they will find a place to land it because the most amazing is that in in new york is you land at jfk yes and then the helicopter comes and just like shuttles you into the city right in the middle within like a space of five minutes oh, yeah, wow. and it's uber hey? yeah it is uber like and it is the busiest means of transportation as, a, as long as you got the money it is amazing so
2: there okay, m- okay. 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 Well, we know, will but. be taking the uber helicopter <laughs> david
1: let me ask you when when you're showcasing at at new york fashion week as yeah. you did how much time do you actually spend in the city throughout the entire work period that you're there?
3: Um, I spend a week and a half before the show, okay, and then I spend another week and a half after the show. So l- literally, I spend three weeks in in New York. Uh, bef- the week and a half before the show is all the preparations, model casting, and fittings and everything. And because uh, it works totally differently than how we do it here at home,
2: tell us, tell us what the difference is. Because here at home, essentially, the the fashion week casts the models. Yeah. Well, <laughs> as far as very, I can tell. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, here it's very it works very differently. The fashion weeks, they decide who which models you're going to work with and they decide they're going to be in which group and everything else. It's a lot of politics. But in New York, as a designer, you cast your models. Mm-hmm. You see each and every model. You work with a casting director. You tell them the look that you're feeling for the season. And then which uh models you uh, need, now let's need to bring up. Please for just
2: you. pause here on the look that you were feeling this season because yeah. I found his look <laughs> particularly spectacular. Mm-hmm. What okay. is the name of that fellow? <laughs> 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 let's talk a
3: bit about him. Tyson Beckford. You oh know?
2: yes. <laughs> <laughs> now that's Tyson Beckford. How did you that was a coup. I mean, how he, did you get he,
1: him? He was caught in David Tlalli attire all over the place. That was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it was a, win. it
3: yeah, was it was a, a winner. I yeah. Mean, cast out Yeah. I mean, we, 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 we started working on this uh, magic with Jan Malan, my show producer of note. Um, I, when I told him that I want, uh, Tyson Beckford in my show, he goes, Oh, you are, you're looking for a miracle. I'm like, yeah, that's what I believe in. <laughs> so he started lobbying out for Tyson. And I, I mean, He's one of the most uh, highly paid models in in the world. Mm -hmm. And also, um, during Fashion Week, he was...
2: In demand.
3: Not not in demand. He was not doing Fashion Week because he was busy shooting a movie. And uh, on the day of the fitting, he never showed up. And then, I mean, we only got a confirmation 15 minutes before the show that he is coming. And he actually literally walked in backstage with his surfboard. I don't know (laughs) why, but... (laughs) So, so you know, so we
0: came hearing, with a surfboard.
2: What I'm
1: hearing in Manhattan.
3: Yeah, like he he carries a he, surfboard.
2: Had he like sort of what stepped no. off the New no. Jersey coast or something? Um, no, he was like
3: from his <laughs> apartment. I mean he was decked up in like beautiful torn jeans, tailored shirt with a bow tie and a and a beautiful tailored jacket. And a surfboard and a surfboard.
1: Are you telling me that Tyson <laughs> Beckford dropped everything for you? Because that's what I'm hearing. No well that's what
3: it is, because he only <laughs> did my show. Yeah during the entire New York Fashion Week and then because on Monday he was back on set again and uh, fashion week was over before you knew it
2: that's pretty spectacular
3: it was amazing
2: now david people ask this question mm-hmm. and it's important that we ask it too yeah what is the purpose of showing in new york fashion week i mean apart from just the general delights of okay. someone like tyson beckford <laughs> <laughs> arriving with his you know surfboard, surfboard. Um, riding on that board
3: the, the <laughs> purpose of showcasing at New York Fashion Week is purely uh, building a brand because, you know, it's it's all great to do it here back home, but it doesn't expose you to the global market. Number one, you get uh, international media. You get uh, to build a brand in a foreign country, which is, like, super amazing because when I'm in New York, I feel like I'm starting all over again uh, because I've been doing this here back home for 10 years. And now in New York, it's a new challenge. It's uh, It's teaching me quite a lot of things that how – what what the fashion of business is all about? It's not about the glitz and glamour and having those people and other wannabes sitting on on front row and everything else. It's it's about having the right people sitting in your show, having the buyers, having the editors of, like, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, Her, no, I didn't get it. Real so. highness. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's <laughs> going to no, happen no, soon. No, I'm teasing. That I'm teasing. But so that's yeah. It. And then ultimately, I mean, it it is a very expensive exercise. But the perks of it, it helps the brand to grow and become more exposed to the public. And also people understand when they come to you, you are serving a particular product because we're focusing on a high-end product. And people understand that, you know, when they come to me, you're not going to just pay a price from like a chain store. You're coming to a designer that showcases at New York Fashion Week. And also it just changes your whole mentality of how, how I operate. Basically, has it me.
2: changed has it changed your design ethos in any way? Because I see that you've actually in a way simplified.
3: I have. Um it hasn't changed the ethos, but it just changed the the strategy. Because um what we're focusing on as David L the brand right now is ready to wear. Making sure that people are able to wear the product and buy it and making sure that it's available everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. And um
2: and is it available online?
3: It will be available. Watch the space because we have a big reveal in the next few weeks.
1: Now, pardon my ignorance here. Do you get invited to showcase at Fashion Week, or do you have to sort of like apply or work your way in? How <laughs> does how does it all work?
3: Um, you actually do apply. Yeah. Uh, my journey started out in 2009 um, to apply with IMG in New York, and I ultimately got accepted in 2012,
0: hmm.
3: and that's when I showcased uh, for the first time as a solo designer from South Africa. And for the first three seasons, I did presentations in a, in a box whereby it was installation because they need to see your growth and also sustainability and also um, understanding the market, that you, the US market, because there's too many pros and cons. Not just everybody gets to showcase there. And then ultimately, like in 2014, our fall collection, which was in February, we then uh, showcased first time on Runway as a solo brand. So this September, our summer collection was a second, uh, Runway showcase.
2: Unfortunately, this one went off without too many dramas. Well, um, last time, February, no, there was, no, September was last year, September last year, September when was last year, there drama. was
3: drama. Uh, but <laughs> I think the drama was like really a plus because, you know, after everything else, um there was more attention that was paid onto the brand because clearly for the drama to have happened it means there was something about this brand because it can't just happen j because there's another designer but there's something really spectacular and I mean beyond that we've had such an amazing um inquiries from all over the world i mean buyers from dubai buyers from from tokyo and you know it's 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 starting to grow
2: and are you it is starting to grow and that is very exciting yeah and this is what I wanted to actually like for a moment pause Mm, go ahead and say tell people your your journey because I think that for (laughs) me is like the most moving and spectacular thing did you ever imagine as a young boy that you would be on the catwalk you know putting your your (laughs) stuff on the catwalk that some man would be arriving with his surfboard (laughs) to represent the David Clilett brand
3: no, um, I never thought I would be sitting here, even talking to you um, today, because when I grew up, I, I grew up in Forst-Lores, east of Johannesburg and um, um, raised by a single mom and I went to Dettoma primary School and I finished high school at Tudolisade and uh, I wanted to be a teacher like everybody else and then I was like, "Ah teaching is boring." Then I went to study auditing and then I hated it and then I went to like um, I decided, okay fine, I want to do something different and then I found Students that were studying fashion, I was like, okay, that's what I like. And uh, I started spending time with them. I dropped out of of, of my classes of auditing, and I started hanging Your out. My mother with. must have been thrilled. My mom was, like, <laughs> devastated. But I didn't tell her until I got back home because we were approaching uh, the September holidays. Um, and then I got home, and uh, she goes, when are you opening school? I'm like, I'm not going back to school.
0: <laughs> uh, she goes, uh,
3: what's going to happen now? I'm like, I'm going to become a fashion designer. She goes, no. I'm not going to have a son that is going to be making clothes. I'm like, ma, I'm not going to be making clothes. I'm going to be a fashion designer. Hmm. And, um, she said, okay, you're on your own. I'm not going to support you. You're going to have to graft for yourself. I'm like, no, it's fine. I don't, I don't have a problem. And then I started uh, looking for jobs. I was a part-time hairstylist. Da da da. da. You know, a this shampooist. La 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 Blow It something. is very important. <laughs> you need grooming. <laughs> grooming is everything. And um and then I then ultimately I was able to raise my registration fees. And then I went to Valley University and I was accepted actually. Uh during during September there was apl- applications and that happened. Uh, this was in 1993. Yeah. And, uh, then I got accepted, passed the attitude test and everything. And then, uh, January 94, then I started my studies. And my first year was the worst because... Did
2: you just say attitude test or aptitude test?
3: Well, aptitude test.
2: That's so funny because I thought, obviously, there's an attitude test. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, does this person have the right attitude? Right
3: attitude, yeah. Yeah. uh, Can they be a fashion
2: designer with all the attitude?
3: With all the... Which attitude?
2: That attitude.
3: I don't have that. you clearly
2: job. passed. the test. <laughs> <Whatever>.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then my first year was like the worst year because I, I didn't have no background in sewing or drawing or anything. I had to take extra classes to make it. I know that in my first year, I passed with like 50, like average. Mm. And then, uh, I mean, there was, um, an NDS final students, uh, uh what is it? Fashion show and awards. My classmate won the award as like bit has like okay, I want this prize. So I told her that like kiss it goodbye because you're gonna get it. She goes, What do you <laughs> mean? I'm like, watch the space. My second year you I You w- see,
1: it is an
2: attitude, but it's not a bad thing. No, it's just it's a brilliant it's a, attitude. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> that the, was the attitude test. That's, I
3: think we <laughs> yeah, should that's ins- the attitude test. We should
2: install it as In- like a sort of
3: <laughs> Yeah, like a a, a, a basic thing. Thing that yeah.
2: happens before you join any kind of institution. Your attitude, your attitude. <laughs> what is that attitude t- Yeah.
3: <laughs> so then we, then I, my second year came and I was the best student in second year, third year, and my fourth year. Wow. So because I put my heart and mind into it. And then shortly after that, I, I was a part time lecturer at the at Valley University. And then 2003, I quit. I was like, I'm done with lecturing because I'm not. I'm not an academic. And then I entered uh, the enter uh, the L New Talent at SA Fashion Week in 2003 and I won the competition. Basically, that's how I launched David Laleh, the brand, in the industry.
2: And that was a good 11, 11 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. It's um, very exciting. And, and I didn't know. you are. And I didn't <laughs> know.
3: And all I wanted was just want to be the best in everything that I do, not want to even to compete with anyone, just do what I do. Mm. And I know for the first I think about six, seven years, um, of the beginning of my career in, in fashion, like proper fashion, like now showcasing every other year at, at SA Fashion Week was like, people didn't get what I was doing because there was like a lot of drama, there was feathers, there yeah. was everything. And then 2008, 2009, things started changing, you know, because in 2000, um, 2007, we went to Paris, C'est Couture, Saint Couture with, uh, Gavin Raja and Dr. Precious to showcase during, Paris Fashion Week. Yeah. Okay. And then from there, that's when uh, this whole global mindset started. As like, I like the global stage. Mm. And then 2009, and I won. Who
1: doesn't
2: really? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how has the global stage? How have how how have they re- um, responded to? Uh, fashion designers who are outside of Milan and Paris and New York where people consider them to be the like the, the leaders or the top dogs in the industry it, how do they respond to you know Africa or South America or like a different part of the world
3: it's very difficult especially when you come from Africa because you, number one you're competing with people that actually have you know been breastfed fashion from an early age, this is how it works. And then there you're coming from Africa. You have to compete with these people or try to, you know, understand how they operate. So they are up to a point repellent yet receptive. So it's a it's a mix of things. That, that's why consistency on Fashion Week is important mm. because you can't be on on schedule and then the next season you're off because there's new talent every season. And now that you, we as a brand, David Lally, we're gaining momentum on the international stage people are starting to understand what our aesthetic is about, what the product is about and what South Africa is about. Because the first things they ask you, where did you make the product? I'm like, it's made in South Africa. Yeah. So, because especially Americans, some Americans are like, still like, Oh my God, you guys live in the jungle. Yeah. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> the ignorance. We live in a city, <laughs> yes. you know, and these garments are made in the city of mm-hmm. Joburg. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's a lot of education that we need to do. And, um, it takes a lot of persistence, a lot of uh, passion to to keep on repeating the story and what you stand for and also your history as a designer to say, I come from South Africa. This is what happens in South Africa. These are our cultures. This is what makes us to be so different from what everybody else is doing. And guess what? We're not far away from it. But the only thing is our rent is just like mm. not doing very well right yeah, now. Yeah,
1: this is the thing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, we pay thousands and thousands of
2: rents to, you know, sure. buy. Surely it's an advantage though. <coughs> for, to what? To foreign buyers. Yeah, it yeah, is. To, for them. For, for them, them. It, it
3: is. is. But I mean, you cannot even try to make your product cheap because if you start coming in at a very low end price, mm. they start running away. There's like, there's something shady about this product. Mm-hmm. So you have to get to do a lot of research to understand what other merging brands are are selling at and sell your product at that not because it is it is there's anything yeah, different yeah. but because of the workmanship and also the fabrications that you use you've got to use like proper silk if you say to people it's silk it's got to be silk mm. you can't say it's 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 a copy of a silk. Seventy percent acrylic. yeah, acrylic and then thirty <laughs> percent silk. It's gotta be hundred percent silk. Yeah. Because you are now exposing yourself to this international market which is like vicious. And you've got to get the quality right, you've got to get the fabrications right, even the thread must be right, and also the labeling must be right. You know how you package the product must be right when it gets when it gets to the to the warehouse, house. So there's a lot that is involved. Tell us
2: what the key look for your season was
3: My key look for the season Is a David Lyle Power blouse in white For Ooh. all the ladies <laughs> And both of you, you need them All three of you, you need ah, them ha, ha. We okay. accept
2: <laughs>
1: okay.
3: A
2: power blouse, a power I blouse. like that <laughs> yes. That's what we'll be discussing subsequently <laughs> After uh, after the break <laughs> Will be the power blouse, power blouse yes. When David has left us yeah. What not, uh, is a power blouse? Well, 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 exactly, that was going to be my next ah. question <laughs> Has it got a big bow?
3: It's got a big bow It's got, a, it's got so different signature. details It's, got it's a, a signature. signature I mean, it started out from the big bows And then it's got like We've introduced peplum around the shoulder line and uh, also um, interesting uh, details around the sleeves as well and uh, we have like variations of these blouses and also to be paired with an amazing Vlisco print from Mm. David Lale as well it's very very key I mean you start with like bum shorts to like pencil skirts to like um, almost like a mid-calf length skirt with like volume that's key for this coming summer
1: I've got a message here on Twitter from Doomy and she wants to know um uh, she says I love the fact that David has a signature look about him but is there a specific story behind the all black all the time <laughs> I mean it's obviously now your trademark yeah so but is there is there a specific reasoning behind that or is it just something that just just kind of works It just works yeah. I mean I
3: know the people that people have called me Illuminati and stuff like that <laughs> I'm like it's I'm I'm cool yeah. but it just works Listen I have responsibility to make decisions for not just my country but for the world to decide what color is coming next season i don't want another responsibility in the morning to decide okay. what am i supposed to do now with myself because <laughs> yesterday i had blue okay tomorrow i'm gonna do red no yeah black it's just standard and the another color that i'll have in my wardrobe is like a white shirt yeah and then i'll have a few african print pants yeah so but every time i rock it it will be like with black tops huh. And it just works
1: And it does work And as as Dumi says It is a trademark of yours But now see, it's it, a uniform A uniform is a very good thing it, it almost seems to me Like you have this You have this checklist Of things that you want to do That you just You've just been taking off For a while now And you <laughs> seem to be on, on a good On a good path So What's next Looking bigger What is next I mean I can see David Liley on 5th Avenue Like the actual store In the nearest future I love
3: the way you've, You actually see the brand <laughs> Because that's where we're heading I mean We want to be on medicine Avenue, and we, we want to have our product all over the world. Our our vision and, and mission as a brand is to become um, not like, not, not another Amani or another Mark Jacobs. We want to be David Laleh trading as the other major designers that are already trading globally. Yeah. And uh, ultimately getting, you know, amazing investors to give us the money to take this brand to, to the next level.
2: Because that's what it takes.
3: That's what it takes. You know, I mean, you cannot fight international market with your own pocket. You know, you do need that amazing uh, company to come and say, it will we'll then
2: every in. Every amazing designer had his, like, Tech Yves Saint Laurent yeah. had his uh, Pierre Berger.
3: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you Jason don't have Wu. to
2: actually sleep with them. No, you don't you have to. <laughs> have you, don't don't <laughs> you, you can just have them invest.
3: You can just have them invest. I mean, Jason Wu has just sold his company, I mean, uh, to an amazing company. He's just mm. gone public and it's like really amazing. And he's only about 28 or 29, somewhere there. And he's like doing amazing work already. I love his shoes. I love his shoes. I know his shoes are amazing.
1: (laughs) David, we do have to say goodbye to you momentarily. Yes, no, 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 because you did say that you have somewhere to be. You're so busy all the time. Um, so, has got to
3: work
2: <laughs> <laughs> around, yeah. But
1: we do have we do have a little um, two minute question and answer section that we are now posing to all, our guests yes. In an attempt to get to know some interesting facts about you. Okay. Yes. Do, do you have the questions here, I as Do
2: you have the questions? But first, let's set up the little camera so that I can work out how. Ultimately, we'll post these yeah, online okay. as well <laughs> one day. Uh, let me let me set up the camera because you yeah, actually need to be camera. looking at the questions. I'm going to look at the questions. We're
1: going to keep an eye on the clock. You have two minutes. Uh, to get to answer as many of these questions
2: as possible, there's 10 questions, isn't it? Okay. And yeah, ten, 10 seriously philosophical questions in two That's minutes. Fine. So, are we ready to go? Let's do it. What is your greatest fear?
3: Not trying.
2: What's in your handbag?
3: My lip balm and uh, Mac Studio Fix.
2: If your house was burning down, what are the three <laughs> things you'd take along?
3: At least a pair of black shoes, my leather jacket, and my leather pants. Hmm.
2: Who do you admire and why?
3: I admire Lenny Kravitz because he's a man of style. Ah, oh,
2: And hot. You have a Lenny Kravitz look about you. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs>
3: well, You're is my cutting my into our
2: time. You're cutting into our time. <laughs> what trait um, in others do you despise? What? what? What character trait in others do you despise? Conniving. Conniving. I can never say that word. It's so embarrassing. And in yourself?
3: Um, sometimes procrastination.
2: This is six zucchini. That's not the right okay, question. Okay, we've got one more minute. Okay, describe yourself in five words.
3: Fun, loving, simple, fun, loving, simple, <laughs>
2: Loving could be an own word. Yeah. (laughs) And one more, one more.
3: And one more is um, outgoing.
2: Outgoing. And now we have the yield bucket list question. What do you want to do?
3: Open my stored medicine.
2: There we go. How do you want to die if you had a say in it?
3: Just close my eyes and go.
2: Are you a feminist?
3: (laughs) Up to a point, yes.
1: There you go. Time. All right. Excellent. Thank you, David, for coming in this afternoon. Thank you. Um, it's yeah, uh, you know, you you're one of the hard r- hardest working people we have in this country, oh, and your, your success no. story, your success <laughs> story, <laughs> your, your success story is very inspirational. And I'm sure there are a lot of young designers who look up to you and to think, well, he did it. You know, you, you're an inspiration
2: to That's a lot why of. That's why I thought it was important to you. hear the story. Yeah, so thank you for coming in. Thank you. The fifty thank you having percent having in the first term. <laughs> <laughs> Come back from that stuff.
3: <laughs> yeah, look um, at me. I
2: failed Latin at university. Failed it. Really? <laughs> yes, and I'm still. I'm uh, still doing okay. That's good. You
1: see, Latin it's always
3: good to fail because you can always do something different.
2: Um, ClipCentral.com
1: here with Between Two fans and we'll be back right after this. <laughs> With Aspasia and myself, Mabali um, We just spent the last half an hour or so With David Lally um, Just catching up on his antics um, From showing at New York Fashion Week um,
2: you sounds know, sounds like he's uh, More than antics, it sounds like he's become Incredibly super serious, hasn't he? N-
1: well, I mean, focused, focused. I mean I was, I was genuinely serious <laughs> when I said to him That he is one of the hardest working people In this country, and you know, his story is amazing And a lot of people look at him and they think It's not impossible You know, most of us cannot comprehend thinking internationally or globally. We always think, oh, if I can just make it big here at home. But I think that he if you can, expand, you can expand, you can expand and make it larger. There,
2: you can make it anywhere. <laughs> well,
1: there you go. But um, for the remainder of the hour, we're just going to shoot the breeze, just chat and catch up on, you know, the stuff that's been happening in the world. like. Weird, absurd stories, or I don't know. People, people are always saying something ridiculous, tours,
2: whatever. <laughs> let's just catch up on what's <laughs> happening in the world. I think the thing that uh, made me uh, pause most recently was I read this article in the Sunday Review of the New York Times. And what they said was that a new study by this tech entrepreneur Karen Snyder for fortune.com found two differences between workplace performance reviews given to men and women. So they did this uh, research Mm -hmm. across 248 um, reviews and 28 companies, completely different companies. So different jobs, different jobs, different 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 positions. Yes, Okay. And they looked at these reviews and they found that, Managers, it didn't matter if they were male or female managers, were all giving female employees much more negative feedback than they were giving the male employees, just generally. So. Is there an explanation as to why that is? So that was interesting. That was the first thing they found. Yeah. I don't know. We can just discuss it. And the second thing was that 76% of the negative feedback was about the female's personalities. They didn't like that they were, so they were, personality criticisms unrelated to their work performance. They would say things like abrasive, judgmental, and worst of all, strident. Oh, and, no. oh, I, I've had that sometimes where people say, mm, you're so strident.
1: You know, from, from what I've seen <laughs> and from what I've heard, um, women sometimes find themselves in a tricky situation where they assume a position at work and then they feel as if they have to behave in the same way that the men do. They have to be as competitive or as tough or as brash, you know. And um, sometimes that works against them. But, like, I feel
2: like I don't know what more women can do. Because the culture. So, say you enter a culture. So, somebody tweeted me. I mean, I posted this on Twitter. And I'll tell you the name of the girl who tweeted me back um, shortly when I find her tweet. But she was saying that she works in a company that is entirely um male oriented, and as a result, she has to actually just hide herself because she will get that criticism if she remotely like speaks up well because um, it's
1: it's tricky. what do you do? Do you behave like one of the guys, or do you go about your business because you know what at the end of the day, you are a woman, and you do do things differently to the way that men do and and then you know there's also the whole boys club scenario, blah blah blah, but the point that I'm making is that. How much more do women need to do? Because it seems like they're still getting criticism. And where's this criticism coming from? Is it coming Indeed. from men and women?
2: Well, it was coming from both men and women. Um as luck would have it, my phone died at exactly that moment.
1: Okay. <laughs> I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna try uh, and, but and here track is down the, the tweet here. Yes. And here is what she said. Notifications. She said that she works. I've made my peace with criticism. I work in one of those women should be seen and not heard companies. Mm. And then she hashtags it life on the edge. And so I thought, well that is really quite tragic to to come to this pass in this day and age where in fact Women should be seen and not heard It's also interesting that this was
1: across all spheres So this, the, the, these surveys could have come out of a law firm Or yes. a doctor's office And only
2: 2% of the the judgments about men Were about their personalities So it was just the, the difference Between 76% of all the criticism Was about your personality And 2% mm. Was about your actual, per, you know, uh, and 2% was for men's, about men's personality.
1: So is this because women are still expecting women to behave a certain way, where those, those kinds of expectations do not apply to men?
2: Clearly. Clearly, we're still in that uh, world. So if you're sweet, kind, <laughs> gentle. It's still a problem, though. Generous.
1: No, but this is my point. It doesn't matter <laughs> what... What are the
2: female it, attributes it, it doesn't that
1: will get you past this? It um, doesn't matter what you do. Either way, somebody's going to complain about it. If you're sweet and soft, no, she's not tough enough. If you're tough and rough, no, she's too abrasive or she's a bitch or she's that.
2: So no matter which way you turn, it's still going to be a problem. But this is now something um, that has come through history because when you look at, um, I think two years ago, they did a survey which was amongst young Kids, history maybe is not the right You grow <laughs> up with this <laughs> You grow up with this And what they did was that they surveyed kids In primary school And they surveyed boys and girls About their beliefs in their performance And all the girls Were generally saying No, 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 they didn't believe that they were performing Well enough
1: Yeah, they were not and as
2: confident Regardless of how they were in fact performing And all the boys Were Quite happy with their performance and were selling it um, at a much higher level than what they were actually doing. So, if they'd asked them, Naha, is your math score? Then the kid would go, No, my math is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was a boy and if it was a girl, she'd say, Hmm.
1: Which again goes back to this thing of women should be seen and not heard. Um you know, this is this is a thing with guys that I actually envy about them is because they do sell themselves all the time, you know. <laughs> That's when they
2: get risked being called arrogant. Ah, oh, oh, he's so full of himself. Oh, he's such a tough guy. But it's but not considered a bad thing if he's arrogant. So if he sells himself, like yes. take take our, our friend now, our guest, David. Yeah. David Clay. Nobody will say, Oh, he's completely you know, it's a tall poppy syndrome. Nobody's going to cut him down and say that David Cliley, how dare he mm. think so big and put himself on the international stage. A woman may be already stopping her mindset in her head saying, I could never do that. A and B, if she was doing it, people would say, oh, she's
1: such a bitch yeah that's a problem but um you know it it brings me to another point which is this fine line that exists between being confident and then apparently being arrogant and some people feel that you know being called arrogant doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing because if you if you call somebody like tiger woods arrogant it's like Okay, he might very well be arrogant, but, you know, the man can back it up. I mean, he has all <laughs> these achievements. Um, He's, you know, at one point or another, he was the best athlete or sportsman in the world. He was the best in his field, the best in his game. So if you can back it up with results and facts, are you then still arrogant? Because you've already proven the point that you are the best. And this is an attitude that a lot of athletes actually have to um use from early on because that is one of the things... That they use to their advantage to become the best in their field.
2: So there's always this fine line between confidence and arrogance. There is. But, um, I think the point with women is that if they demonstrate arrogance, like they, they have to constantly show humility, humility in their success, because the minute they're not humble, they're, um, instantly chastised. So there are examples, lots of examples, where women have had met it in the ne- in the neck. Mm. <laughs> there was the editor of the New York Times. What happened to her? She got fired. Why? <laughs> <laughs> because she was arrogant. Well, <laughs> because well, those were the sort of um, uh, those were the sorts of things that people were saying about her. Yes, yeah, she's abrasive, she's strident, she, which were all qualities that were okay, and other editors. Who were males. But the reason she got fired, although she stopped talking about it recently. Yeah. Joel was her name. Firing was her game it was because she asked for the same amount of money as her predecessor. How dare she? <laughs> <laughs> and she got into terrible trouble and got fired. And of course they said, no, that wasn't the reason that they were firing her. It was because of her personality that was abrasive and troublesome. But essentially, she was asking for the same rights. And this is the gossip because, you know, yeah. people uh, have have clamped down on the story and are not talking. But it was very interesting. So and there are always these types of women who are considered abrasive, um, extreme. I mean, we should be interviewing feral Hafaji Well, in fact, we should do that next week or the week thereafter. There's a,
1: there's a strong woman. She's also a no-nonsense
2: kind of woman. She, she might also be considered an intimidating woman. And yet I think her personality, like, I mean, all the persona that she, she uses when she speaks Mm. is a very gentle, kind, she has quite a soft demeanor, which is quite interesting. And yet she's prepared to stand up for, which is why she's won this, um, award. But, um, but so does the
1: public protector, Tulima Doncella. Yes. She's also, I mean, like, you don't mess with Tulima Doncella. She's, she's tough. But. When she speaks, she speaks so yeah. softly and gently. I always I always think to myself like imagine imagine Tully
2: was your mom and she was scolding <laughs> you for something. <laughs> and she scolds you in that quiet <laughs> voice. In that quiet soft oh, voice. Sometimes it's actually more effective. But
1: hang on, is <laughs> this is this then is this then possibly the solution or the trick?
2: Well, you see I if you're
1: soft and gentle in your demeanor but you're still a ball breaker? then people are more accepting of
2: you if, you if you're a woman? Well, is that a strategy that they've had to learn, given that um, clearly people don't like the fact that they might sound abrasive? Mm. Um, or they're interpreting it, because perhaps they're not actually abrasive. They're just using the same strategy and tactics as the men in their environment. Yes. But um, it goes down badly, because women are meant to be, the sweeter softer gentler more um well i mean amenable
1: look we don't gender. um you know uh, yeah we're not you, we're not gruff and abrasive and rough and like raw and uh, you know you walk in and you crack a, a rude joke with your
2: boys like that's just not something <laughs> well that we do. i don't know apparently in um silicon valley Yes. With all those techie startups, which is a place that's like sort of notorious for being completely sexist. Mm -hmm. Um, They go around saying terrible things about women. And when women do actually complain about it, there's a terrible like sort of Twitter online trolling backlash so much so that they leave their jobs and their environments. There was a woman who complained about it at a conference last year and it became a huge thing, but you know, uh. Um, the women who succeed in there have to basically operate like the boys. Yes, yes. Because, because
1: when you are a minority within the majority of the, the, the male numbers, mm. um, you probably do need to operate as one of the boys be, before they will accept you initially. And then afterwards, you know, it will be a case of, oh, well, we know her. She's cool. But you know where women actually have a hard time is in the. Take
2: Marissa Mayer, yeah, for example. Yeah. Is the Yahoo CEO I mean it seems that she's quite the ball breaker yeah but from what i hear. yeah especially because she told all those techies to go back to work <laughs> and stop working from home um women in the in the military
1: have you have you heard some of those shocking stories about how the um, their male um, um, fellow employees will crack like horrible disgusting jokes about yes. rape and you know like all these Horrible, nasty things, and how there's actually been a call for the military to address the situation in a more serious way because some of these women actually are at risk. They end up being attacked by these men, and it's just an unsafe environment. And I've just remembered that that that's actually one of the one of the avenues or one of the career paths where they're still very backwards in terms of the
2: way that they deal
1: and because are accepting it's of women. World. Such a male-dominated area. <laughs> but there you go. What yeah, are you going to do?
2: Yeah. I'm looking at... um, I just typed in out of interest. Um, What are the... I typed in Marissa Mayer personality. Just so that we can test what the internet says about, you know, this woman's personality. How they describe it. Yes. Perhaps we can just do a sort of instant test. And apparently... She's the CEO of Yahoo, you say? Yeah, yeah. So... She raises eyebrows. <laughs> oh that's not a bad thing necessarily. No, no. Marissa Mayer's face says all you need to know about Yahoo. <laughs> this is, um, I mean, would, would men say that about, would would men be reported on like that?
1: No, and you know what, that's another part of the problem is the way the way that the media
2: She did dep- not constantly look like her kitten had just drowned. The way… <laughs> the way, the the company company way stock that price was down seven percent on Wednesday morning. Would they say that about a male CEO? No, they wouldn't. But do you remember that story? Do you remember that story when Barack
1: Obama had appointed Um, what was that woman's name? Okay. I can't remember her name, but basically he just appointed this woman in a very like high profile, serious position. And one of the things that he, that he said about her in describing her was he made a comment about her appearance, how she was attractive or beautiful or something along those lines. And he actually got into so much trouble because people were saying, you know, again with the, with the, um, having to comment on a woman's looks and Mm -hmm. her appearances Mm -hmm. as if that's the most important thing in the world. I mean, when when people describe Barack Obama, they don't necessarily say, plus he's so handsome handsome. or he's so
2: good looking. Uh, They do. I mean, do we objectify? I think we're getting more into the area. I mean, and I think that's why it was so interesting we were talking about Emma Watson and her speech at the UN and how she said... Gender is on a spectrum continuum. And in fact, that's what we should like sort of refer to because next week we're going to interview somebody who's on a continuum of gender. Now you're going to have to elaborate. Yes. Well, I met somebody who told me, and this somebody is called Carmen. Yes. And she said that she's busy transitioning as a transsexual. So she is a man or she is a woman she is becoming currently a man becoming a woman. She but is She's already sort of she says she's about 65 percent in the female camp now. Now, what does that mean? See, so exactly. I was like, this is what Emma Watson said last week. You're on a gender continuum. <laughs> you are the actual example. So she, she was born her. a man. She's uh, this is what we'll have to get into because she told me that they're in between. She was born with both. So she was born with male and she female is a genitalia. She was transsexual and her parents chose uh the male identity for her. Oh yes, because this happens sometimes. Yes. Um babies are born with easier. Yeah,
1: babies are born with two sets of genitalia and then the, the parents get to decide if they if they want to do away with the female part or the male part.
2: Exactly. Okay. So they, they got they did away with the female part. But the female part was strong. <laughs> now she's going back and to wanting to be a woman. Yes. So we'll we'll
1: we'll explore that next week. Which okay, will be quite interesting. No, then that's fine. Then this would be a good place to wrap it up and leave it because now I can't wait for next week. So we're going to be talking to Carmen. Yes. Who is in the process of becoming a woman from being a man. Exactly. So then, does that mean that she's? Does that mean that we are ready to refer to her as transgender,
2: or is she? She's transgender. She's she transgender. That thing precisely the transgender thing okay then but, but wanting to be a woman okay will she still be transgender these are questions we're going to have to ask we'll be
1: asking that and more next week so this is where <laughs> this is where we're going to leave it for today but be sure to join us again next week thursday um right here on cliff central for between two Firms.